Welcome to Seers, Beers, Knowers, and Doers, a podcast about intuition. Do you know what that is? Intuition to me is that inner sense or knowing that something is true, and yet I have no proof. But there's so many definitions, and there's so many ways it can come. I'm looking to bring together and share with you some amazing guests who have some amazing life stories and also some insights into how intuition can come. And I'm looking to gather those crows in the trees. I hope you're one of them. I hope that this podcast inspires you to be more connected to your intuition. And I hope that by doing that, we make the world a better place. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. My guest today is a family man, somebody who loves music of all kinds. He's somebody who is insightful, dedicated, and after training for a year, came 25th in one of the hardest races around, a 120K mountain bike race in Elgin, New Brunswick. My guest today is Marks Lockhart. I'm so excited that you agreed to join me because the first time I met you, I was like, okay, he's got it. He understands. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. So it's going to be neat to see where this goes today. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself, Mark. So I am a father of two. I'm also in the transportation business, and I have a background in the music business, and uh, I have a passion for life. Life, (laughs) that'd be the big one, but food and mountain biking and, you know, certainly certainly lots of of music as well. So, yeah. Cool. Well, now music is an interesting thing. That was one of the first things you said when you introduced yourself. So, yeah. And yet you're doing this job thing. I know. I know. I started in the music business, you know, went went to college and studied music. And and I I played professionally for uh, about 12 years. What does that mean? So, that was how I. So, you were in a band. Yeah. Paid your bills. Yeah. Cool. That's what I did. I mean, That's a I, totally different lifestyle. Oh, huge, huge, yeah. And I, I loved it. I have some fantastic. I have great memories of it. You know, in my mid thirties, I kind of realized that I kind of want more though, and it'd be be nice to be married and maybe have some kids. And not that you can't do that, be a, a musician, but I think I, it was it was the stability that I was really mm. kind of looking for because you know, the big big peaks and valleys with being a Musician. I mean, when it's good, it was incredible. I've checked a lot of the boxes for my kind of to-do list or my bucket, bucket list. list. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've studied and played with a lot of my childhood heroes, and awesome. yeah, I played at places that I thought when I was a kid that do you think I could ever play at an like a big arena or a stadium? And I've had a taste of that. I'm very, very thankful and grateful. Neat. Yeah. Oh. So, but then you know, hey, I think I've always been like that as as a kid. Like, all right. I've done that. So what's next? What else is there? Okay. So, yeah. Cool. So, I then I, I got into the transportation business and I've um, kind of been involved almost as long as I was in the music business. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There becomes that midline. Yes. Before and after. Yes. Neat. So, yeah. So, life has gotten fuller in other ways. Yes. Life is very, very full right now. With, with a wife and two kids and a busy job and, you know, as I say, lots of passions and hobbies. But, you know, I had four or five, six years ago, I, I kind of got back into mountain biking in a really big way. And that's my release and my urge to get the day off Shake me. Shake the day yeah, off? That really does it. So, 
chance yeah. you can be yourself back in the house again. That's it. That's there's it. there's a theme with that in some of these podcasts where people actually put on the suit and they become part of themselves that they aren't necessarily when they're home. It's not that they're a different person. It's that there's a freer side that exists outside the job for sure. Yeah. So when you were a kid, did you always know you wanted to be a musician or did that yes. just... Yeah, I went away on a, a trip with my two aunts and my mom. I was going away for a long weekend. And my mom, when I was leaving the house, gave me 10 bucks. And she said, like, this is yours. And spend it wisely. I spent it wisely. And I went to the Mayflower Mall in Sydney, Nova Scotia. And they had an A&A records and tapes there. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking down the various aisles of the record store. And they had a had an album facing out, and it was Kiss Alive 2. Okay. And yeah. it, like, this album just spoke to me. So I had to buy it. And I came home to my grandparents' place with my two aunts, and they had one of those kind of like big console record players, like built in. It looked like a big, um, what do you call it? Like a big coffee Almost table. A buffet or right, something. Right, right, right. Like a hutch. Yeah, yeah. yeah hutch. So you lift it up the top, and and, yeah. uh, and I put an album in. And then, of course, now the packaging was open, and it came with a poster and tattoos and comics. And so I'm putting. You were hooked. Oh, I'm putting Kiss tattoos on my nanny. And, I, and, you know. And I'm playing Kiss, and I remember getting to the point where there's there's a drum solo, and I just, I lost my mind. So that's kind of how that started. And with, how old were you? Oh, geez. Uh, I would have been grade grade two. Wow. Yeah. That makes sense. The very just, formative years, yeah, right? Just, it stuck. And then very shortly, well, probably three or four years after that, I had a chance to go and see April Wine and Jerry Mercer was, well, yeah, was the drummer. Seeing that show and seeing Jerry Mercer play, I thought that is what I need to do. Cool. So, and you still do it today. I still do. Yeah. 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 A lot. Well, yeah. I mean, it kind of, kind of comes and goes and I'm not out as often as I perhaps should be with, you know, hustling for work like I used to be, but still do as it's a different phase. It's yeah. I mean, it's not something that when you do for that long that you kind of just go, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. It's nothing that you give up. It's just, it's always, I always learn something really cool about people when I do these things. So sometimes people have an experience that makes them go, huh, I made life easier. Do you have one of those? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was in in college, so I was you know in my mid twenties, and my roommate at the time who was a bass player. He and I we were dating two girls that lived together, and he and I shared a house together. He was a bass player, I was a drummer, and these two girls were dancers. And part of their kind of practice was meditation, yoga, and, and they were very. There was a spirituality component to their dance practice. And it was really interesting that time because they, they had this expression or this, this kind of question, and it was, how much can you feel? And I remember at, at first just going, like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, do you want me to cry? Like, or? Right? Like, yeah, and, uh, exactly. But no, it's, it's what, like, how much can you feel? Like, is it, do you feel, is it energy? Is it, anyway, we were out for, I forget if we, were, if we were out for supper or maybe they were over for supper. 
Anyway, the example or the question was, have you ever gotten on the streetcar? This at the time was in uh, Toronto. And have you ever gone and, and sat on the, the streetcar or the subway and sat down? And as soon as you sit down, you go, no, this is not where I should be sitting. Mm-hmm. Something that simple, There's eh? Just, yeah. A profound, possibly. Huge. Mm-hmm. And that's when it, when it clicked, because I thought, well, yeah, of course. And that's when, uh, okay, how much can you feel? Okay, now I think I'm... On the page. Yeah, maybe trying to... Now I can understand a little bit of what you're saying. Yeah. That was the first example of it. and Somebody and, kind of tried to put a name or label yeah. on what you were already doing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That led to the, the bigger question is, okay, so you do and you sit down. And for whatever reason, is it something that, you know, is it is it a smell? Is it a... Is it just something that you just, is it the person that's next seat over or is it, or is it just, it's just not right. Mm-hmm. So then the blanket just right. not right. Yeah. And so then it begs the question like, so what did you do? Did you just, you know, stick, it stick it out, suck it up and just say, oh, that's nothing. And I always, always have listened to it. And I don't know how many, 90% of the time perhaps. Yeah. But act on it like especially in that instance in a subway if Public it's not place. right act on it like yeah. nope if it's not right get out move switch street cars or subway cars what have you do what you have to until it feels right yeah now did the people around the table the other three what were their answers do you remember oh yeah Everybody's everyone insane. was in agreement absolutely mm-hmm. yeah now it would be an interesting party conversation, like dinner party conversation, to see what people who weren't, because they were already in a practice. You both were musicians. Musicians, to me, to a certain extent, have to listen to their intuition to play with feeling, Absolutely. so to speak. Yeah. Um, so it would be interesting to circa 2019 dinner party, yeah. different players, ask the question. And see whether you get that 100% answer. That's a good idea. We'll do that at the next dinner party. And just see, because yeah. just through conversations with even trying to get people to sign up and be a guest on the podcast here, mm-hmm. they're like, I'm not into it. You're a parent, or you, you're a teacher, or, or like you talk to your animals all the time. I'm like, what yeah. do you mean you're not into it? But people have this almost a pedestal of, oh, you've got to be talking to dead people or something in order to be intuitive. And right. it's like, as simple as, do you listen or do you not? Do yeah. you, if you get the heebie-jeebies, what do you do with that? So it's interesting to even have people who, oh, it's only 50% of the time. Like you're, you're operating at the 90%. But there are people that if the stakes aren't high enough, they won't listen. Mm-hmm. And their perception of what the stakes are is also different than maybe mine would be. Because I'll sit across from people in my daily job and I'll know whether they're listening to their intuition based on a number, a score, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, but it's supposed to make your life easy, simple. Like, what could it possibly be that you're not listening to that is so difficult? And and then it's the rational, logical brain or the external factors that are making them not listen. So if it's... Well, it will affect a relationship like this, or it will affect a relationship like that. The situation came up yesterday where my good friend wanted me to see her client in his home because he was going through tons of stress and didn't want to leave the house. 
I'm driving to her house for her to take me to his house. I'm like, I can't go to his house. And I knew it would destroy him in effect because he was already vulnerable. Like, not that I had that much power to destroy someone, but it would be another log on the fire. Right. And that was her reaction when I told her. But when I walked in the house, she's like, are you okay? You look like death. And I'm like, I can't go today. And as soon as I said it, I got lighter again. Like, I, I was relieved almost. It's like, right. nope, that's all I have to do is look after myself. Because it was yeah. almost like, if you go there, you're going to be on your own getting yourself fixed was kind of my feeling. And I'm like, I never want to be alone to get myself fixed. And it came out afterwards that that gentleman never looks after himself first. He's listened to what's right for the other person in the sense that if that person needed him to do something and he wasn't healthy enough to do it, he would do it anyways because that person asked him to do the extra mile. Or if somebody needed him to drive five hours to go pick up their kid because they couldn't go drive five hours, whether he had slept the night before or not, he would go drive five hours. A giver can give. A giver. Let the takers pick up on that. Right. Yeah. And, and he would do it because he'd feel guilty that he didn't care enough. And so this dynamic arrived on a platter. Because I was going to take care of myself. And it's like, that's why he's in the mess he's in. Because mm. he's, he's given royally. Yeah. And it's got himself in a pickle. Yeah. And it's because he didn't listen to his intuition. There's so many people that have this perception. The outside world's going to perceive it this way. Or I'm going to feel this horrible guilt. Well, which is worse? Feeling horribly guilty or being in a pickle because you didn't yeah. listen to your intuition. So it's just curious how they'll shift the reason why they're not listening to their intuition and, and get themselves in these huge, massive pickles and not connect the dot that if they just listened to the intuition they, and, and handled the guilt or whatever the thing was or, or addressed the conversation so that they could say, well, no, it's just not right. I don't have an answer why. I just know it's not right for me to yep. do it. Interesting, though. Yeah. Because you think caring would be the intuitive thing to do always. And it's not. Interesting. I was out with, with some friends last night, mountain bikers, and we were talking about music and about headspace and just long story short, but we were, we were just talking about like the, the kind of headspace that, that you're in. If you, you're kind of thinking that you're defeated or if you think that you're going gonna to win, like that really sets you up for how the end performance is going to be. One of my friends that, that was there, because I, I said, I likened it to mountain biking too. I said, you know, the same goes for riding. And what one of my friends, he said, absolutely. He said, you know, I actually got, you know, kind of suited up. We, we ride kind of hard. I mean, some of the guys ride harder than others and do some, like, some, crazy distances. some, some. <laughs> this one fellow in particular does, and he's really great at it. But he said, you know, Marks, I, I've, I've fallen really hard a lot. And he said, if I get out and I'm just not feeling it, I will turn around and I'll go home. Whether it's at the end of the driveway or, you know, 10, 15 minutes in, he said, it's not worth it. So whether you want to call that intuition, I think it is. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, it's body, it's energy, it's the universe, it's whatever yep. telling you, saying, yep. hello, you know what, that tree's not going to move for you today after you take that jump if you don't land it properly. So, you know, maybe, yeah, park it, go home and, you know, mow the lawn. Makes sense. That was really, really cool. I actually thought of you 
last night. I thought I must mention that because I thought that was that was cool. It wasn't anything that was that was prompted. It just kind of came up organically. Yeah. So how do you get your intuition? See it? No, it's it's just it's just a feeling. Yeah, I don't see or smell or anything that I, I hear. It's just, it's a feeling. It's what I call it like a, a gut instinct. Does your body actually react? Like Sometimes. Some people, yeah. it's like... Get a little you, hot, a little sweaty. Maybe your pulse elevates. Maybe yeah. Kind of like... Okay. When it's good or bad? Bad. And I dare say, too, that after having kids, I think that that gets heightened. And your kids are neat. They're, they're pretty awesome. Pretty intuitive themselves. Yeah. I think probably all kids are. They're in a situation where they are allowed to foster that intuition. It's, there's an awareness of both parents, both yes. you and Natalie. Very, very grateful for you and, and the tools that you've helped us with. And I think it's really cool that you know kids are younger are picking up these tools now. Whereas, you know, I, I was, you know, as I say, I was in halfway through college. I just kind of stumbled onto this. What it was called. It was yeah. there. Yeah. You picked up that well, KISS well, <laughs> record. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I would agree. We said that all kids are, are, or most kids are intuitive. I think that they are. I think kids are kind of born that way. They, they pick up on it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, I think maybe society just kind of yeah. trained them to not listen to it. There's boxes that we have to operate within. In society, school is the training for work, and work is the training for providing for yourself and keeping a roof over your head and all those things. And so, I think, I think that need of society will sometimes train people to stay in jobs that intuitively are wrong. I think about the entrepreneurs of yesterday; a lot of them didn't finish school, whether it was out of necessity. Mm-hmm. Or out of the fact they didn't fit in that square box of security, we wouldn't have half the inventions we have yeah. if those kids hadn't quit school, right? Like it's, it's kind of funny to think that we have these norms to keep us normal, in a sense. And yet if we all just followed our intuition, we may land totally different places than yes. we actually are. Absolutely. I think, you know, you could draw some neat parallels, too, with, with music with that. I mean, I know when I was going to, to school to study in a school environment and everyone's learning from the same book and doing the same lessons. And to your point about, like, the boxes, we're all in the same same box. I know that a lot of people were, were concerned, and, and I think you can hear it sometimes, that when you come out of school, certainly for the first little bit, mm-hmm. a lot of people tend to sound the same. Right, because you're you're oh. listening to the same music, you're te- wow. you're, you're learning from the same book, and you all come out, and it's like it's the machine. You get get kind of churned out. Whereas you know, a, an unschooled musician that has that kind of grit and has learned just from slogging it out in the trenches, playing in clubs, has made so many mistakes, and just you know has just learned from the school hard knocks. That person will often have very identified. Uh, uh, unique. Yes. Thank you voice and neat yeah. yeah that's so true when you think of it so cooking yes i don't cook that much but you don't at all oh i i cook but it's rarely with the recipe honestly I'm, but my i'm, I'm with you on that when i first started cooking it was mom's recipes right but now i don't have time for a recipe the recipe will give me kind of the base of it yes yeah. 
And then it's just like, what do I have here? Yeah. And I have a very limited kitchen. So I don't have a lot of patience for cooking. Okay. I'm usually hungry when I'm cooking. Well, that's, yeah. See, that's the sin of all sins, yeah. I know. But you and cooking, I understand. <laughs> but there is a magic salad dressing there in you. Is. Now, was the there intuition is. involved in that? It was, it <laughs> was, was, yeah. No, well, you know what? It was, it was just kind of, um, it was, it was a recipe mm-hmm. from my mom that she actually, and I, I can't tell you where it came from because it was top secret, but yes. it was from a restaurant, not in Canada. And it, I think it took my mom about three years of begging this chef at the restaurant. And finally he says, all right, here it is. Uh-huh. And, but do not share it with anyone because it's coveted top, top secret. secret. Okay. So my mom shared it only with my brother and my sister and uh, maybe a few select others, mm-hmm. but we're all sworn to secrecy and there's some pretty special things in it. But I remember when, when I first had it, I thought I could make this just have to kind of figure out like what's in it. The taste. Yeah. So, you know, kind of work it through and, and so I kind of, reverse engineered it and figured it out. So somehow so, you didn't get the recipe and you figured out the recipe. Well, reverse I have the recipe and, but there's, there's a secret ingredient. It's ah, a packaged thing. Uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. And, uh, of course that's kind of a mystery, right? You know what? I went and I bought a bunch of spices and I went, all right, let's just keep it easy. So I did a, like a quarter of a teaspoon for each and mapped it all out and, documented really closely like what I put okay. in and put that together and that was now my spice and then I made the dressing after that put the spice in it and Merry Christmas yeah I, it's I mean at this point my my kids go crazy for it and and it's not even a matter of it is it close to the original it's just it's not it's just it's lost. now it's mine I yeah. smell it. great uh, no good musicians borrow great musicians steal they say <laughs> So I stole it. You stole it, but you I had to hack it. it. I did. I yeah. I totally hacked it. <laughs> so yeah, the intuition comes in. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for this, Marx. This has been great. No problem. Thank really you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah. All right. Till next time. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. We truly appreciate our guests for sharing their stories and insights about how intuition has impacted their lives. And I'm so grateful for Peter Trainer for his time in giving me this original music. It's now your turn. It's your turn to listen and act on your own intuition and help make the world a better place. Until next time, keep seeing, being, knowing, and doing. If you like this podcast, please share it. If you want to find others like it, go to www.healingvitality.ca or wherever you would find your podcasts. We would love to have you join us on this journey. Come be a crow sitting in the tree. Be part of our community.